0: This is Patriarch, Part 4 0132 In the depths of the cave Logos holds her to keep them warm from bitter winds swirling up the mountain smothered in smoke. The burned home below a smoldering memory of twelve boys running about playing pretend, but where are those wild boys now? Where is the joy she once held watching them wrestle out the window? Father, father, a day is coming when we shall be asked to trade the bottle of milk for a plate of bleeding meat, the full belly that will call us to faraway places to reveal the living word. Logos rises from the ground as he remembers grandfather's stars. But what can be seen tonight? Has the covenant Covenant been kept with the scorched boy, the promised kingdom is shrouded in smoke, and the clink clink of hammers on the obelisk echoes through his mind. Won't you kill me, O God? Spare us starvation, spare us suffering and isolation, spare us the teeth of wolves, spare us the noose, spare us the devil living in the soul of my eldest son. At once, a figure runs down the path and attacks Logos, hurling him onto the jagged rocks below, and the figure is upon him again, wrestling as dawn breaks. Here is your blessing. With a touch, Logos is blinded to see the kingdom clearly within. 0133 three. Amala steps forth from the cave to discover blinded Logos wandering the mountain below, crying out, lead me back to the twelfth city. The all-consuming fire must claim the throne of he who takes your children for himself, one-tenth of the harvest, the best of your wine and olives. Lay thy mind and thy hands upon the altar. She draws him close and leads him up the path so they can die together instead of alone. Wasn't this the plan all along, my old friend, my naked lover, my metaphor of the promise made to sons and daughters, wandering wide through the universe created by the word? Consider the joy of lying beside me each night, two pillars to uphold the image of truth, and now we enter the mystery together as one, as it should be. There are the fishermen inviting us to walk via Volvere to the river of lost ages, the mouth of the age to come. Lying deep in the cave, they are surrounded by a pack of wolves that draw near to feast, but cannot open their mouths or lift their claws, for a greater force said no a million years before. My children, the promised land is waiting on you to take it. Zero one three four. I came to this nation from the edges of the only universe I know born with the name I am upon my lips. King, he who stands tall on the mountain carrying fire still remembers ancient rites, absorbed through the subatomic elements laid upon the table where he said, feast, go forth and discover the universe. The dictate of order is preeminent in me and cannot be granted or removed by you. Rights can only be recognized or not recognized. You cannot take what you did not give me. What happens when the Viennese watercolorist says we are but oxen for the slaughter train, or the billiards player of Gory says the state shall determine a man's value by his zeal? My rights cannot change with every king diseased and hacking blood on the bedsheets in his final days before entering the mystery on the same road as the slave, the jester, the dancing sycophants in Abaddon's holds. Can a nation be ruled by God, O Logos? I am a nation, Logos declares. 0135 With a new face, new hands, the same mind, Nairi enters the cave carrying bread, wine, salt, given to her by the King of Salem, who met her on the desert floor and directed her footsteps back into the Twelfth City. Go, child, to the place where they will cut off your head. But first, take the subatomic elements to the cave, for a great plan is woven through the ages you cannot yet see. A great plan to crush amnesia. In the cave, she discovers Logos and Amala roasting meat from the carcass of a slain wolf. And it can only be blind Logos who lifts his face to recognize this is the same prophet as before. Only God has given her a new face, a new body, but listen for the crunch of salt on her footsteps. The king of Salem sent me with the elements, my brother and my sister, yet your bellies are full and your faces are shining with the radiant light of proximity. For you have wrestled with God and men and you have prevailed, O carrier of fire. They welcome her into the final feast where all partake in the imitation of he who died and lived. Logos, how did a man form a blade out of nothing? Amala, how can an old woman kill a wolf? Logos offers a blessing over the meal. Without sight, I can see that I have a mouth. Hey, thanks for listening to Patriarch. If you would prefer to read this book uh, rather than just hearing me read it, you can always order yourself a copy on Amazon. So you'll find this book along with the others in the theology series all on Amazon there. they should be easy to find. Just search Craig Cunningham and Patriarch and it, it will be the first thing that pops up. So buy a copy there, leave a review. I know for me, I love audiobooks uh, if I'm on the go or if I'm I'm working out or something like that. But I'm always going to prefer a tangible copy so that I can write notes down and, and all that. That's that's me. But if you're like me, you can go to Amazon, order it anytime, have it shipped to you. All right, let's get back to Patriarch. 0136. To the dying men of the 12th city who scratch the ground like roosters in search of bread. Lift your eyes to the north to see the star called Sinosure, who casts her light upon thy face, the inheritance calling us to go forth and discover the universe. Any day now the Nazarene shall be pushed into our epic, and it will be he who offers your children the bread of life. Remember the girl who was handed eyes without asking, remember the tree, the fruit, remember the swaddled babe who is infinitely old and spends his days moving in time. There he is, standing in the fire amongst the three who heard the horns but refused to bow and worship to the golden tower. And there he is, offering a blessing of subatomic elements to Grandfather in the valley of Shave. O victorious Abram, wipe the blood off your hands and take the cup of wine. There he appears in the form of an ark. There a split open sea that closes upon the king who orders slaves to build his tomb. To the dying children of the Twelfth City, when the horn blows, will you fall to your knees and worship? Will you ask to see the holes in his hands? Or will you simply take the cup and drink? 0137 All of my courage is required to walk the road called Via Volvere. I am beginning to understand that I am not in search of a new life, but recognition of a death which enveloped my life long ago. A new kind of amnesia forms in me where I desire the trinkets of the living man. Riches, sex, fame, status, yet here I am walking the road, only dead men walk. My toes pointed at the river, only dead men float around the ages singing, the war is won, the war goes on, this is our vigil. Listen to me, O fool, who wishes to be alive and dead simultaneously. The gate does not permit the partial. He sloshes the lukewarm in his mouth and spits them into the mud used to form eyes for those who desire to see. For those who desire to see, die. Those who die live forever. Isn't this all becoming clear, my mind? Aren't you listening, my heart? Haven't you heard my hands? Look up to understand that he is leading you down the road on which you cannot turn around. For there he stands, saying, Was it not you who drank the living water? Was it not you who ate the bread? What use are the pleasures of a whore to a dead man? How much wine does it take for a dead man to become drunk? What will a dead man buy with his chests of gold? Eleven sons climb to the heights in order to find an escape to the north, south, East, west, their eyes hunting for the road they are already walking. Child, child, submission to reality is your only reprieve. 0138 The prophet finds her feet moving in final descent to the twelfth city. The message given to her to be given to the king who lounges on a velvet sofa, as slave boys carry him this way and that, to inspect the altar of collective might. King Elia, a visitor has come to see you from the outside world. Elia calls her forth and demands she speak to him from her knees. Closer, closer, thou thou fair-faced traveler. Is the look in your eyes wonder at the golden obelisk, or is it terror to be in the presence of your king? Nairi places her staff in the ground without kneeling, and in the mirrors of his mind he sees the prophet pulled limb from limb by horses, the prophet crushed with a stone who was dragged to the city gates. And yet this one has a new face, a new body, new hands. One by one they come through the ages, but none realize they are the same voice crying in the wilderness. Remember, remember the tree, the salt, the king of Salem roaring across the deserts as a lion chasing his prey. Elia, king of the Twelfth City, let it be known today that an army of ten thousand warriors is camped in the valley, waiting on me to return with word of your repentance. The crown of your father as proof, the tower as a prize to those who will rescue your women and children. The king offers a bite of his fruit to the prophet. Will you be my guests or will you be my enemy? I will be called what I am called to be, thou diseased king of a passing age. I will be the final face you see before entering the mystery where you will know. Elia calls for the slave boys to cast her in a furnace of blazing fire, then drags the sofa close so he can listen to the screams, so he can watch her reduced to ash. zero one three nine mother's song rises from the orchard oh my many sons won't you gather at the fire and hear that you are not meant to be men of limited days but men who will last forever sing with me let kiano teach you the words as you inscribe them upon your heart tonight he hunts her Propelled by the chemicals flooding his veins, the madness overcoming him, but I am not mad, he says to the mirror, I am free, and if this is madness, then I will gladly accept her as a lover. She gives me power when I enter her deeper, deeper, and there I am revealed not to be as Mother saw me, but a man pressing boundaries of natural capability. Just yesterday I was a weak boy, but Mother, what you don't know is I tore my chest open to discover there is no inscription, no song no all-consuming fire, just the days passing us by and the grave waiting on us with open arms. Indeed, his hands are dipped in pools of pleasure and his gardens brightened with fruits and flowers picked by the hands of those who have been chosen to fill baskets, to break bread, to slash the thickets and permit the master to rape them from time to time. Smile, my servants, you have all you will ever need. Would you rather die at the foot of the obelisk? Oh, that mother might be crushed, that father knows at least one of his sons escaped the vision of a land that will be conquered and ruled by an invisible king. The song is carried in the hands of Abaddon, who says, isn't it time to require your brothers to sing a new song? 0140. Eleven riders are sent to 11 cities with a name upon their lips and a letter in their pouches. Let it be known dangerous men are moving amongst your people, infecting the weak-minded with disproven theories. They ask men to rise in revolution against kings of this earth. Let it be known they believe they are the inheritors of an eternal kingdom and carry the fire of the Creator in their veins. Let it be known these men have no life to protect because they are already dead. The insanity of a father's fairy tales rooted in their hearts and now rooted in your city. Eleven brothers who believe the spoken word supersedes gravity, time, space, natural law, and in this psychosis they move mountains and give sight to the blind with only a touch. What you do not yet know is they have built underground armies who gather in secret to offer praise to a name that is not yours. The slave master stands at the city gates and waits for those who seek his counsel in affairs requiring great wisdom. And for a time... He kisses the faces of those who prostrate themselves before him. 0141 In the great valley beyond the city, scouts of King Elia discover an army of 10,000 warriors preparing to lay siege, proof of the burned prophet's final warning. Friend, the golden obelisk is calling all the earth. It is too great for kings to ignore, as you and I hunger for bread and the occasional sip of wine. Men who place jeweled crowns upon their heads hunger for proof. They will ram a spear into death. A final blow to the side of he who hangs on a cross. Water and blood pour out, so choose your cup. Shh. What you speak cannot be spoken out loud unless you wish to be digested into a pile of feces mixed into fertilizer for orchards. The king wishes to chomp into an apple and taste your bones. Truly a tower of gold is an invitation to be sacked by this enemy or the next, for every kingdom is building its own machine to rule over the earth a little while. May the mighty men with eyes to see say no more. No more, thou dying fools, no more Elia declares the reality of man, the imperial law Anyone who can be forced to answer to whore is already a whore. Anyone who can be forced to answer to slave is already a slave. I am but a keeper of truth and I hold it dearly. The scouts tell Elia of all they have seen, of well fed warriors who sharpen their blades and polish their armour for the battle to come. Yet, my king, this is not an army we know. Elia readies his heart for war. 0142 Darling, I hate the idea of war, of blood, of bones scattered around a field and picked by birds. Children who learn their fathers died defending the obelisk, the flag, the king. Oh, Dovey, what a wretched thing to think about. Yes, my darling, it's just that I can't help but think of the boy who once lived next door to us, and now he's off to fight on the front lines. We know his mind was mishmash, and that's the place they put boys who haven't much to say. Dove, my dove, there's no telling if this battle will proceed, and certainly no telling if the boy will die. Perhaps he's turned himself into a warrior. Darling, if only that were the case, but you remember he was born with a limp, not born for war. My lovey dove, let's say I pour you a warm foot bath and bring you a cup of our best wine. Let's say we practice our singing voices and tell each other riddles to pass the time. Oh, darling, you always know what I need and when. If only I could turn off my mind, blind my eyes, deafen my ears, disable my hands. I would live without fear of what otherwise can't be ignored.